Welcome to New and In Between, hosted by me, Mia Quinn Maddox, where I'll be discussing the hows and whys to my journey towards my faith. I've learned through my highs and lows that this path is not mine to travel alone. Join me mid-journey as I embrace my wins, losses, and everything in between. Hi, everyone. This is New and In Between. Welcome to New and In Between. Welcome to New and In Between. Hi, everyone. I am Mia Quinn Maddox, and this is my podcast, New and In Between. This is episode one, so I'm just trying to fill out the welcome. I'm I'm figuring it out. All right. So, New and In Between is a podcast that I was given an idea to um, create on my way. So basically, I'm going to give you the gist of where the story came from. I was driving to Dumbo House for an event. I was, I'm I'm actually currently in the middle of a strike. The writers and the actors are on strike. I am part of IOTC 764, which is the Theatrical Wardrobe Union. We are in solidarity with uh, SAG and the WGA, and I am on strike. Within this time of being on strike, um, I've been able to connect with friends and go to events and Um, You know, just do things that I wouldn't have normally been able to do if I was working. And I was invited to a um, mixer at Dumbo House. Actually, Dumbo Works. Dumbo House has like a WeWork type of spaces that they they were offering to uh, WGA and SAG members um, or people affected by the strike. But it wasn't really people affected by the strike. It was WGA or SAG which I am not. So I was not um, able to get the membership that they offered for people who were affected. So I ended up in Baron Studios, which is the was my secret drop. So if you saw that, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But if not, welcome. This is episode one and we are in my house. So welcome to my home. And this is where we are. So back to where I get the idea from. The idea pops in my head as I'm driving to this um, event that I should start a podcast. And I'm like, a podcast? And this is me all talking to myself. And the name comes to me and it's new and in between. And I'm like, new and in between? I'm like, okay. And it's and, and just thoughts come into my mind. It's like, all right, new and in between. You are new on your faith journey, but you are still in between your new, your new life and your, and your old life. Um, not only that, I felt like this was a, a, a safe space and a great space for me to share my in-betweens, my in-betweens of my ups and my downs. I've had some great ups. I've had some really low downs. And we talk about our downs and our ups, we don't, but we don't talk about the process of in-between of how we got through our downs or how we, you know, are excited in our our ups or just, just the in-between stuff that gets us through and into. So, I said, okay. So I go to this event and there's um, there's publicists and other podcasters and influencers and, you know, just other media people. And um, I'm introducing myself as I'm, I'm Mia Quinn Maddox and I'm, I'm, I'm going to start a podcast called New and In Between. And I'm, I'm, you know, they're like, oh, what is it about? And I'm like, it's about my faith journey and my faith journey of, you know, where I came from, where I'm at now. And just, you know, talking about how I'm able to sit here now and share my story of my life. So I'm introducing myself as that. Now, mind you, I am a retired wardrobe stylist, celebrity stylist, and I am currently a wardrobe supervisor for a major television show, FBI Most Wanted, okay, Dick Wolf. 
And I have an extensive career, but I'm here now and 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 I'm doing a podcast. I'm I'm sharing my story. I'm I guess this could be my testimony. And I hope that people are able to be influenced and encouraged and um, maybe, you know, given closure to to an experience with me or a relationship with me or just anything. You know, I just hope that everything that comes from this is positive. And that's all I'm going to hope for is that everything that comes from this is positive. So Mia Quimatics, I am the oldest daughter to Michael and Jeannie Maddox. I have one sister, younger sister, Lauren Maddox, who is um, two years younger than me. We were born in Denver, Colorado. My father is not from Denver, Colorado, and neither is my mother, but that's where they ended up. My mom um, was born in South Carolina, raised in Brooklyn, Red Hook Projects, until they moved into um, East Flatbush, Brooklyn. My father was um, born in Harlem Hospital. I'm assuming or raised in Harlem. He just got he. My father got swag, so I'm gonna just give it to Harlem. They get married. They end up in Colorado. My grandmother lived in Colorado. Um, I, I have learned that I have a lot of family in California, hence probably why she ended up on the West Coast or the Midwest. And um, that's where me and my sister were created and and born. Unfortunately, my parents divorced. My father was a product of the crack epidemic, crack epidemic. It's even hard to say because it's so silly, but my father was a product of that. Vietnam, Vietnam war vet and caused a divide in my mother and father's marriage. And in that divorce, I moved to Brooklyn, New York, East Flatbush, big up. And that's kind of where my, um, you know, where, where my life has been thus far. I grew up in a household with my grandmother and grandfather, my aunt Jackie, my cousin Sean, my aunt Crystal, my sister, my mother. Three bedroom house, one one and a half bathroom. No, one bathroom and one bath bathroom in the basement that I I was so one bathroom. But we made it work and that's pretty much where I was able to gain all of the love for clothes and love for fashion. Um, moving to New York was kind of the seed that was planted to sprout me as a, a stylist. I wanted to be a buyer. My mom believed in introducing you to people who who were in the career that you wanted to be so that you could get an idea of um, what it is or, you know, so, you you know, you're not going to school for 12 years and then realizing that the career that you, what you thought it was, is not what it is. So um, I wanted to be a lawyer. My mother introduced me to um, a lawyer that was in, I don't even remember the district, but wherever it was, uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. was there. So I was able to meet him before his death. This is a long time ago. And um, I realized that I did not want to be a lawyer, A, because you have to go to school way too long. And B, I was in the criminal courts at the time. And I just, it just wasn't the thing that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the thing that I wanted to do. My mother in, ended up introducing me to a woman um, who introduced me to another woman, Grace Harry, who I just, I, I hope one day I get to have Grace on my, on my show so that 
I could explain to people how important she was in 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 my journey of um I mean I'm going to explain to you anyways but I would love for her to just sit next to me so that we could have that conversation. But long story short, um Grace introduces me to Wendell Haskins. Um Wendell Haskins gives me experience with um styling with artists as Joe Music Soul Child. I got to work with um, Arielle Hill, who's another real big stylist, and Rachel Johnson, and a few others that uh, God forgive me for um, forgetting names, but it's been it's been twenty three years. So from there, I go to working for a stylist named Tiffany Hasborn. Um, I was her assistant, and at the time, she was Fifty Cent stylist, and I was her assistant. Um, I worked with her for about two three years. Um, she got let go. I continued working with her until she let me go. And I was figuring out the styling world on my own. I worked for, I did a lot of major, I did all the weave company, Otro, Otri, O-U-T-R-E. And everything underneath that umbrella was so many weave companies that I used to do the ad campaigns for. I did a little scrappy for a little bit in the very beginning. And, um, I will never forget, there was um, a woman who ended up managing me, Lori Dobbins, who was Chris Lighty's assistant through Violator. She gave me the best advice. Um, me and Tiffany didn't end on the best notes. And I was, oh, I was angry about it. And, I, you know, and, and just in that anger, Lori was able to tell me, she was like, you got to let that go. Like, if you don't let that go, you're not going to be able to get what you what you deserve. Like, you have to let that go. And I didn't even realize that that was some of the first um, teachings of to me of for of forgiveness and letting go, but long story short, I let it go. Tiffany ended up letting me go. I um. So now is I get this. It's October two thousand and four. I get this call, um, from Pretty Shaw. Pretty Shaw was fifties road manager at the time. Rest in peace. He's passed away, and he says, "Do you want to do Tony Ayo's video?" And I'm like why are y'all playing with me? Like, what? And I'm like, of course I want to do the video. They had a stylist that had, um, I don't know, actually the stylist before me was Misa Hilton. And when they called me, I'm like, all right, I'm not even going to question this. I'm going to do it. So I do this video. I know you don't, I know you don't love me. I know you don't love me because you're not the same when Lori Banks around. I know you don't love me. That was the song. I had to sing it to myself because I'm like, what is the name of the song? But anyways, so I do this video, Yayo loves my work. I end up doing um, Banks Project, Bucks Project, 50s Project, and now I am the stylist for, G- well, shoot, for G-Unit. Um, and everyone underneath that umbrella, including 50 Cent, I become 50 Cent stylist. I did that for a long time, 12 years, traveled the world, toured. I mean, toured. I've been around the world about three times, maybe I mean, I've been I've been everywhere. I've been is to Israel. I've been to Kosovo. I've been to all over Africa. I mean, I've been to places Australia, New Zealand, all over Europe. I've been to Prague. I've been to Germany. I've been to England so many times that I didn't even bring luggage. LA was a set, was a day trip. Um, you know, he exposed me to to a lot that lasted for a long time. That gave me great experience, life experience, great. Work experience, great just experience in 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 general. It also gave me, um, you know, a platform to to do this today. It gave me a lot of good things, but it also created someone in me who wasn't the best of not not that I wasn't the best person because in that time I thought I was the best person. And who you are at that time is who you are. 
you don't realize the faults you have until later on and you realize. But in the midst of it, I was 24 years old. I had the biggest hip hop artist in the world and no one knew what I was battling because I is is I'm not that I didn't think that anyone cared, but at the end of the day, no one cares. So I was I showed up, I did the work. He was my client, and I made sure that I I I maintained uh, work ethic and integrity to have me be his stylist for that long of time, and it worked. He poured into I mean, he poured a lot into me. Some some a little bad, but when you're around people, you pick up their ways, and I and I definitely picked up a lot of his ways, good and bad. Um, but long story short, that ended, and you know, I'm I'm grateful, I'm thankful. Um, I still have a lot of love for Fifty and. Lloyd Banks and Tony Ayo and Young Buck and Mob Deep. I got to work with Mob Deep. My sister listened to we we I grew up in East Flatbush. From East Flatbush, I moved to Left Rack City. Left Rack City wasn't too far from Queensbridge. Um, and Queensbridge is where Mob Deep was from. So my sister was heavy into the rap music, like the I like Nas, my sister liked Mob Deep. We listened to um Capone and Noriega. And it was like, that was like our, you know, you, you listen to your boroughs, but I still was Brooklyn. So I still did Jay-Z. So, you know, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a great time for me to work with Mob Deep because they were like, to me, it was like, oh my God, I was more excited to work with Mob Deep than I was to work with anyone else. So I did that for a long time. I, I take, I have, I, I take full responsibility because as a stylist, you create the trends, you create the looks. So a lot of what these young girls are running around in now are things that we put in the videos that we made normal in music videos a long time ago. So, you know, the exploitation of women, I contributed to that. The uh, I mean, and and not to say I'm not and I'm not to say it's a bad thing like exploitation, like as if we were selling women because everyone who did music videos agreed to do the music videos. And, and we were all aware of what we were doing because we are adults. But at the end of the day, it's still um, it's. You know, these are adults that are making the choices, but the choices that we make, we don't realize that they're influencing and influencing the younger generation. And then the product of the younger generation is what we have now. I just want to share my journey and, and, and you know, just things that happened to me and, and my experiences just with men and love and family and forgiveness and impatience, you know, just hoping that my experiences could maybe help guide you through a situation or help influence you through a situation or just maybe give you comfort and saying like, all right, I'm not the only person going through. And I know it's not the same, but, you know, things in life are, are usually similar. So, you know, I do, I, I, I do that for a long time. I style for a long time. And I, um, the relationship with 50 ended up ending abruptly. Um, and I pivoted and I started a consignment shop. I was saying, okay, I had all these high-end clients who I was spending a lot of money for let me make this a win-win for me. I could shop for them and then I could resell the stuff that I know that they didn't wear or that they wore one time or that they wore on a red carpet or just in general. So I started that. I started it with a partner first. That didn't work out. Um, we both had different intentions, which is uh, which gave me a lot of lessons in starting businesses with people because initially I was going to start this podcast with someone and I had to come to the realization that this idea was for me and I connect myself to people because I want people to experience, you know, the joy and, and just seeing your dreams come to fruition. So that didn't work out because I, I caught myself with that. But long story short, I did this consignment store, didn't work out, ended up doing it on my own. It was very lucrative. It sustained me for a little while, but I got bored. And in my boredom, I didn't I didn't um, complete 
like I didn't really pour into it the way that I wanted to. So in the midst of that, I start, um, I fall into film and television. I start as a background costumer. Then I costume, then I key costume. And these are all terms that it doesn't even matter. It's just levels of like, it's like coming in as a sales associate and going to assistant manager to manager and then to like district manager. So basically now I'm a wardrobe supervisor and I run um, the wardrobe department for a major television show. Um, and it is stressful. It is intensive. It is challenging. Um, I deal with all kinds of things. I am a woman in a male-dominated industry. Yet again, I deal with egos. I deal with pride. I deal with racism. I deal with sexism. I deal with all kinds of things. But I feel like my experience in um, styling and just being in that celebrity world has prepared me for what I'm in now. So, you know, it, it does get challenging, but God doesn't put me into anything that I know that he's not going to pull me through. So it may be challenging, but I know that he got me. So all that to say... I am a dreamer. I knew that I was going to be a stylist and I knew that after Tiffany let me go that I was going to be 50 stylist. I believe that true in my heart. And I don't know I was trying to snake her or any anything like that. I just believe that that was where I was supposed to be. And that's ended up where I was at. And I ended up being there for over a decade. Film and television was challenging in the beginning. It was really hard to figure out who to be. And when I say who to be, I'm meaning like I was coming from being like I'm I'm in celebrity world. 50 Cent, everybody knows me. I'm I'm the queen of the clubs. Of, I mean, not queen of the clubs, but like I'm, I'm known in New York City. New York City is a big city, but to be popular in New York City, like everyone knew. I mean, everyone I knew, it didn't matter. Everyone knew who Mia was because I was attached to 50. So, you know, just figuring out I'm in this new world, not really knowing who to be because it was such a different world. After grasping and mastering that and just being myself, because that's the only person I know how to be, it worked out for me. And I've been working since. And I worked on some great shows um, with some amazing actors. Um, Seven Seconds with Regina King, who is absolutely everything that you could ever imagine. And she she's, I can't even put what she is into words, but she is, she is the epitome of Black girl magic, 1,000%. And I've got I've got to work with um, Forrest Whitaker and Ilfanesh Hadara and Giancarlo Esposito on Godfather Harlem. And I worked on Spike Lee. She's got to have it season two. I mean, I've worked with some amazing, amazing people. I got to work on Blind Spot and Deception. And these are like network television shows. And um, I got to work with Halle Berry. Oh, my God. I got to work with Halle Berry amazing. When I think about the body of people that I worked with, they're all greats, but I've been dealing with great people from the beginning. So I know that I'm destined to be great. And and I I, I say all the time to people, you created an image of God. I, I repeat that over and over and over and over and over because it's not only me saying it to someone, but it's reminding myself that if I'm creating an image of God, there's only great things that can happen for me. And it's it's happened thus far. So it's like when I start to do my own thing because I am a bossy, but I'm also um, a go-getter. I'm ambitious. I'm a dreamer. I'm a hard worker. I'm emotional. I'm, I take things real personal, like real personal because I give me from the heart. So when people do things to me, 
my reaction is maybe too much to them, but it's because my when my feelings are hurt, they're hurt, hurt. Because when I'm giving you, I'm giving you me all together. Like, it's no, there's no, like, there's no gray area with me. It's either black or white. It's either I'm giving you all of Mia or you get no, none, none of Mia. So, you know, just in the midst of me going through all the things, you know, these career changes and these people and friends and this and this, you know, just realizing like, damn, I'm, I keep repeating certain cycles and certain things. But work is what's maintaining me because I've been busy for the last 23 years. Um, the pandemic happens. I get forced to sit down. I get forced to sit down by myself. And in the midst of me being sat down by myself, I was able to be introduced to a Bible study group. I was able to be introduced to a book called Relationship Goals, um, written by Mike Todd, which is the pastor of the church that I now am a member of. Um, Watch Faithfully um, Transformation Church, which I watch on YouTube, which has been life-changing for me. Um, And that church has introduced me to other leaders and pastors like Darius Dan, Dr. Darius Daniels, and uh, Tim Ross, and... um, I mean, there's so there's so there's so many different uh, steamer Furtick. There's so many great pastors that I, I've been introduced to through watching his service that have been life changing. I mean, literally life changing. I, I watched a, a series called "Fu," which was Forgiveness University, and it it literally it changed my life and allowed me to forgive. And to ask for forgiveness and to be more forgiving. So this time during the pandemic, I um I get introduced to this Bible study group. I get introduced to this church. I turned 40. I prayed for a new heart. I went through some real hard breakups, um, some real hard heartbreaks. I'm, and I wouldn't even want to say they're breakups because in my mind, I was in a relationship, but they wasn't in a relationship with me, which we'll talk about another day in relationships. But, you know, I've been through some I've been through some challenging things. And people assume that because you're successful in work, that you're successful across the board in life. And it's not that I'm not successful. It's just that I was making decisions out of my own. And in my in in learning and in gaining this new um, found desire to want to watch uh, Mike Todd and, and Transformation and all the other pastors and read books and attend this Bible study. Um, I was able to, um, you know, gain a desire to want to gain a relationship with God, want to learn more about God, want to read the Bible, want to know, you know, what what makes, what what, is, what what really is this? Because what you're taught as a child, like I, I come from a family, my grandmother was an usher, she went to church. I forget the name of the church you went to in Red Hook. She would travel from Flatbush to Red Hook to go to church. Sometimes we would go with her. When my mom finally got saved and baptized, she went to Christian Life Center, um, and she would make us go with her there. And this is when it was new, new, like new Linden Boulevard. You got to get there super early, stand on this line. And before they had the tent, you would stand outside, and then they had a tent. And then it was just it was just a lot. It was just too much that a teenager would want to do on their weekend, which would just was to me, was annoying and just, I didn't want to do it. And my mother, you know, she would make us go. And then after a while, it was it probably became too, you know, time consuming and annoying to to get us to go. So she just started going by herself. And it wasn't until an adult I, I gained the desire or not even gained that I, I started to learn or want to learn about what, you know, more in depth of what building a relationship with God was about. So that's where I, I come to this. I, um, I've been saved. 
I've been baptized and I that was all on my own. I have seen a big change in me. I have friends who have seen, seen a change in me. So I know that the presence of God in my life is um, something that I practice and something that's being seen through others. And I think that that's important. And I feel like I needed to do this podcast and talk about my faith journey because there's so many people who are like me who, you know, start off in church or didn't feel or felt like it was an obligation or if it was an obligation when they got the choice to choose, they chose not to go or something happened or they were judged or, you know, there's so many reasons why we choose not to do things. But ultimately, I feel like everything that has happened in my life has brought me to the moment to where I needed to understand that my life will not be good unless I depend on God, depend on God, have an understanding of God and live in the way that he wants me to live. And when I say that, I mean by being forgiving, um, really understanding what love is, really understanding what being kind is, really understanding what being patient is, um, just understanding that what he has set forth me and how he has created me to be is only for the good, but I have to do it in his way, not in my way. So it's like, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning all of that. And and I'm seeing the results. I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm recording episode one of a podcast that was just an idea in my mind. That was an idea in my mind that became an intro to who I who what I was. I was introducing myself as Mia Maddox. I'm I'm starting a podcast to where we are now sitting on my sofa, and I have one of my dear friends, uh, Tanya Williams, who is the executive producer. Tanya, um, she's gonna be mad. I called her Latanya, but. And, and my friend Timothy Smith, Tim, who these are people that I met on on jobs when I worked in in film and television and built relationships with. And now they're helping me to fulfill my 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 dream of this podcast. It's it's a it's a it's everyone's life is a journey. And when you're in it, you don't really understand. Well, not for all. For me, I could just say for me, for me, I used to say, oh, um. If I if I die tomorrow, I feel like I lived I lived a, a lot of life. And this is while I was working with 50. And this is while I'm like in my 20s and my my I'm in my 20s and I'm traveling the world. I'm going to Paris more than people have. I'm I'm in places and I had three passports. I had to get pages put in my passport three times. I'm flying private. I'm drinking expensive champagne. I'm eating in Nobu for lunch on every basis in London and in New York. I was living a life. I'm not gonna lie. That was a life. It exposed me. It definitely exposed me. But I'm 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 proof that dreams are tangible. Dreams are able to come true. And if you really believe in God and a higher power, like and and your life changes. And I mean not just believing, but understanding and living by. So that's just where I'm at in my life right now. It's like I'm in that in between of. Still, you know, not so much hanging on to my past because I'm starting to let it go. Um, it's not so much of a conversation anymore because new things are happening in my life that are allowing me to um, to see the power of God. I mean, just every every day. And um, you can't get new if you're holding on to old. So I'm trying to, let, you know, let my um, past be... Um, spoken of to encourage others and maybe to inspire others, but not so much. I don't, I don't miss it. I don't, I don't want to go back to it. I love where I am right now. And, um, I don't want to change. I don't want to, I think every, I think where I am is right where I'm supposed to be. All right. So I am, 
I'm being directly affected by this strike, right? And I don't think people really understand that. Yes, there's actors. Yes, there's the writers. But there are hundreds of people, thousands of people who are called the ground crew. Um, And that's what I'm part of. And there are electrics and there's grips and there's camera people and there's crafty and there's wardrobe and there's costumes and there's um, locations and there's set medics and there's there's so PAs and there's sound operators and utilities and boom operators and props people and uh, production staff and office staff and UPMs and AUPMs. And I'm just giving running off all these names because there's transportation, transpo. Um, there is so many people that are on the back of a call sheet that you guys don't get to see that are also being affected. And in this time that I've been off of work, again, I call it my second, and this is my second pandemic, but it's different because the world's open. So I think it's a little more trying. And, um, for me, initially I had saved some money. Um, I wanted to purchase a home and the money that I saved for the home is what's been sustaining me. So I've been good. Um, I also get unemployment, thank God. And there was some times that actually this time has been really good for me because it has allowed me time to, um, work out. It has allowed me time to, um, to, to just decompress. It's allowed me time to to really indulge in my devotionals and reading the Bible and going out and just being outside and hiking and, and going on trails. Shout out to my sister for putting me onto all these amazing hiking trails in New Jersey and to the special park that you have to be a member of because I like being a member of things that are members only. And I go to this private park and I sit on this rock and I pray and I cry and I sometimes I just sit there and, and bake in the sun and and get all the good vitamin D, but it's 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 been it's been a good time. It's allowed me to trust God. It's allowed me to lean on God. It's allowed me to humble myself. I have a, a big overhead. I take care of myself. I'm not married. I don't have a boyfriend. I drive a nice car. I live in a nice apartment. I have been able to you know maintain a lifestyle that is very comfortable for myself. And I did. I got worried for a little while. And in the midst of me having a conversation with my mom, I cried a little bit. It was like, it was just a bad day. Like my unemployment didn't go through. Something else happened. My money is dwindling down. I'm getting worried. And um, my mom tells me not to worry about no money. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, she could say that. Fast forward, I go to my family reunion. I'm sitting in my mom's backyard. And this is the backyard of her house that she just built. It's on a lake. I'm watching her boat. Me and my sister are sitting on the fire at a fire pit. And I had to realize, I'm like, my mother's rich. She well off. And I had to kind of tell myself, all right, God, you, you praying for, for things. God has given them to you, but you have to humble yourself to ask. And I had to humble myself and ask my mom to help me out. And she did. With, with no quarrels, with no questions, with no nothing. She was able to write me a check and let me and let me and let me go. And 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 she hasn't even I mean, she didn't even give me a contingency for when I got to give it back. So it's like, you know, I'm just I'm watching my prayers be answered. I'm not skipping a beat. I'm very fortunate. Um, yeah, I do go to the ends and don't get me wrong. My credit card bills are going up and the interest rates are. I mean, it's it's my credit's going to 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 shits, but that could be repaired and my accounts are emptying out. But those could be refilled. 
But the time that I'm being able to share with my family, um, my nephews, and just with myself and learning myself and and just just being being it's um it's actually been a really a really great moment and this idea would have never come to pass or come to me if I wasn't on my way to an event that I would have never been able to go to if I was working so i'm just i'm i'm navigating through the pandemic my second pandemic i call it uh the strike and we'll see we'll see how it goes i mean hopefully it it births this it is this is going to be my new baby so thank you to the the strike who knows where this is going to end up or you know who knows but i'm 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 just learning to deal with situations as they come and knowing that everything in your life and everything in my life is part of the plan and how you deal with it and how you allow god to lead you through it will determine how you get through it and i mean my skin is looking good thank you dr ingleton my hair is looking full thank you to not having to just stress about uh, you know what to do with this hair. I'm able to just let it breathe and be. So I'm 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 content. You know this this is really something that I I hope I really hope that this that this podcast is the ladder to all the other levels of life that I want to go to. And um, we're gonna see. I just hope. Let's see. So I hope you guys are. And, um, you know, taking this journey with me. And I hope that every Monday, because I have decided I'm going to release on Mondays, Mondays. And I choose Mondays because most people don't like Mondays. Mondays are all Monday. Oh, Monday begins the week. Oh, Monday ends the weekend. I want people to look forward to Mondays. I want people to look forward to my podcast dropping on Mondays. So maybe that'll just be the little sprinkle of icing or you know the little sprinkle of sprinkle on your on your icing for for the week. So I'm just I chose Mondays because I feel like Mondays have a bad rap. Let's let's work on getting Mondays back to to being good days. So I decided that I'm gonna end every episode with this question: What is your biggest win and what is your biggest loss? And there's no timeline. It could be for the day. It could be for your life. It could be for the year. So with that being said, I'm gonna start it off my biggest win, and my biggest loss. So my biggest win, I don't feel like I've had my biggest win yet. I feel like I've had lots of wins, but I don't feel like I've had my biggest win yet. I feel like I'm working on my biggest win. So when I do get to my biggest win, I'm going to share that. I have wins every day. I mean, I wake up, that's a win. You know, I, I've I've gotten through a lot of a lot of things, a lot of things, which I will share. Um, I mean, when I really sit down and think about the things that I've I've gone through, the choices that I've made, the consequences that I've faced, and how I'm able to still sit here with a smile and talk about, you know, just talk about it. It's gonna be it's gonna be therapeutic for me and it's going to be um I think it's gonna be great. But I don't think I've I've gotten to my greatest, my biggest win yet. I do feel like my biggest loss is my biggest loss would be my biggest loss. My biggest loss, I'm going to say my biggest loss was losing my pride and ego. Because it's something that I needed to lose. And that was like, it's like, you know, when, when you watch The Biggest Loser, the biggest loss is the person who loses the most weight. For me, I feel like losing my pride and my ego was my biggest loss. And, uh, 
win kind of way because me losing that allowed me to learn forgiveness, um, to learn patience, to learn what love really is. Not just a feeling of, you know, we all want to fall in love and feel love, but love is more of an action. It's how you treat people. It's how you forgive people. It's how patient you are with people. You know, it's more of an act. So I just feel like me losing my pride and ego allowed me to stand on a foundation that I didn't build because I thought that everything that I was doing, I had to do on my own. So for me, I feel like losing my pride and my ego allowed me to be humble enough to come to God with all my broken pieces and say, hey, I've been doing this on my own for so long and I've gotten up. But what you go up, how you go up is how you come down. So now I have eliminated a lot of the shit, excuse my language, and I'm able to sit in a clean bed and really focus on living the life that God wants me to live. I am definitely a a heavy prayer person because it's funny because when I started the when I started the um, the Bible study group. The women in that Bible study group, my mind you, these are women who have been in the church for their whole lives. They pray down, like in a way that I'm like, ooh. So when they're like, anybody want to open in prayer? I'm like, ooh. Everyone, everyone is like, no, or turning the cameras off because you just feel a little bit intimidated. But what I've learned is that prayer is just a conversation with God. It's your personal conversation with God. God, I need help. That's a prayer. God, uh, I mean, you don't got to say nothing. Sometimes you just got to moan and cry. He gets it. He's there. He's, he created you. If he, if he don't know what's going on, then I don't know what's going on. But at the end of the day, it's just, you know, I've, I've, I'm, I'm seeing the growth in myself. And, um, and I know that the growth in myself is coming through my, my relationship that I, I'm, I'm learning and gaining through God, through wisdom, through understanding through just learning the lessons of the Bible, just, you know, just the sermons that Mike Todd preaches. It's just, it, it's given me a, a desire to want to learn more, to not want to miss church, to not want to, you know, act in the way that I used to act. It's not easy, you know, it's not easy because trust and believe It's a lot of times I want to tell people off and I'm, I'm good at that. I could cut you down to the ankle, Ginsu style, real quick. But I'm just learning to control my emotions and my feelings and set boundaries and just, you know, it's it's a it's a journey. I'm 43 years old, 43 years old, and I'm now figuring this out. But I feel like if I didn't live all the life that I lived, I wouldn't be able to tell the story that I'm telling now. So I've lost the pride and the ego, and that's a big loss. And sometimes losses are good things. My greatest win, I'm still waiting for that. I'm hoping that my greatest win is new and in between. And I hope that it takes me to levels that are far beyond anything that I could dream or imagine so that I could say that again, like, oh my God, look where I'm at. Because I mean, I'm in my house right now filming a podcast, new and in between. I hope you guys are enjoying. I hope you guys come back. I hope you are inspired. I hope you are encouraged. And I just hope that you enjoy just hearing me talk about my life. I mean, I'm not going to get into all my story stories because one thing I'm not going to do is expose people who don't have an opportunity to, and not not even expose people. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell stories and the person can't defend themselves or give their side of the story. So I'm not going to give you juicy gossip about 50. I don't know nothing. He, he He's a private man. 
I'm I'm not going to talk bad about, you know, artists that I worked with or things or people or uh, actors. So if that's what you're coming here for, you might as well say bye because um, I'm only talking about good things here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you're watching, follow the Instagram, new and in between, YouTube, new and in between, Spotify. Apple Music coming soon, um, iHeartRadio, and whatever podcast platforms. We're going to be everywhere. So get on board now. The journey has begun. Thanks. It's Mia Quinn. Peace.